Hey guys, we are so excited that you're here. Welcome to the Not Your Quick Fix podcast. I'm Kara Goss, online registered dietitian and health and fitness coach. And I'm Kylie Kaiser, online health and fitness coach, and we're your hosts. This podcast is all about improving yourself physically and mentally. And y'all, neither of those things can be improved with a quick fix. We are here to be real with you about your fitness and fat loss goals, your health, your mindset, and everything in between. If you're ready to open your mind to the process that self-improvement requires, instead of always looking for the next quick fix, then this is your podcast. Let's get started. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Not Your Quick Fix podcast. It is episode 113 on Halloween and after the 1989 release. Look at us with the numbers. They're always falling in line. And our last, not last week's episode, but the episode before, whenever we did episode 111, it was so weird because I'm all about angel numbers. And I'm like, ooh, what does 111 mean? And we did that episode on overcoming indecision. And literally angel number 111 means it talked about stepping oh, into yeah. your confidence and yeah. like overcoming your fear of not making decisions and like giving you empowerment in your decisions. So we are just on the numbers game lately. So numbers yeah, Kylie, game, baby. numbers game, baby, Kylie, let's hear it. Let's hear your thoughts on 1989 TV. Hey, Kara, great to see you. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> I feel like you were like passing a newscast to me. I know, I know. Hey, Kara. And now we have our 1989 report. Uh, that's my dream job. As we know, I actually did try to apply for that job. You actually, okay. If anybody does not know this to all of our listeners, Kylie actually did apply to a journalist for Taylor Swift job. That is genuinely your perfect job. Did you, yeah. did you ever hear back from them? Whatever happened with that? There were like an ungodly amount of applicants. I'm sure. And, but uh, none of them who wrote a master's thesis they, they were looking for somebody who had, had like five years experience working in like a digital newsroom and, and who were and who was unbiased which probably would have been difficult but I think you could have done it nobody applying for that job hardly was unbiased that was like a massive account of Swifties yeah. no I could my master's thesis had to be unbiased okay yeah um I had to write a whole section like arguing my point against mm. me like you had to like counter you know whatever yeah I had a whole section I paper basically that I had to like argue why she might be fake dang yeah, you have to you have, you have to be able to do both sides. Yeah, rhetoric. So that makes uh, sense. Because technically, a little fun educational fact for you all: if you cannot make the argument against whatever you believe in, your argument of what you believe in not very strong. Because yep. you should take all the things that are saying against it, and then go be able to go through and explain why that your point still stands. Absolutely, that makes sense for sure. Mm-hmm. Love that. Um, um yeah, but the uh, I I only worked in a newsroom for like six months. So yeah, that makes sense. Wow. Um, They missed out on an amazing candidate. Let's just say that. Honestly, I would have been thriving. (laughs) Truly, truly. (laughs) Would have been amazing. Yeah. If I was just a comedian and Taylor Swift reporter, how ridiculous is that? That's incredible. Unreal. Your (laughs) genuine, like two true lanes of passion just colliding into one they missed out on me being able to bring comedy to the articles too i mean come on right oh man what are you gonna do 1989 taylor's version came out friday wow we love it wow wow dagger right into the heart one hard why'd you have to twist the knife baby harry why'd you do it 
Oh, uh, the Harry Styles memes have been giving me life off the charts. And Kylie and I were just having a conversation about this beforehand because obviously we've been talking about how the vault tracks are so midnight's coded and we were just making a good point about how, you know, obviously lyrically they track so much with the 1989 time, right? Because they're so like Harry involved. And Kylie, you made the point about production now. It's like production has evolved so much. So musically, yeah, they sound like they could be on on Midnight's, but it's like also Jack was such a big part of 1989 and Midnight's. No wonder, you know what I mean? They're probably going to sound similar. Um, but we agreed Say Don't Go is definitely the most like kind of pop one, the one that I feel like fits in musically and production wise most with 1989, but I love all of the vault tracks. Uh, is it over now is definitely my number one for sure. Yeah. Um, that song B man, I loved all, all the memes that are like, the only bad thing she ever said about Harry is that he can't drive. And then we're now we're like, Oh, 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 <laughs> I've seen so many TikToks that are like Harry's publicist the day after the release. Harry. Like yeah, knocking I, on the door. I saw that one. <laughs> Are we out of the woods? Are we out of the woods? <laughs> so funny. But yeah, I mean, it's good stuff. I mean, yeah. There I was <laughs> we both did, we both just did that funny thing where it's like each of us just starts talking at the exact same time like four times in a row um I was just gonna say that I love listening for all of the different little changes throughout um like there was a part in bad blood in the bridge where Kendrick's version or Kendrick's lyric normally is where there's a new little ghost in it. And I was just like, Ooh, that just tickled my brain. Just little things here and there that I feel like makes it so cool and like fun to listen back to. I think the, one of the most obvious uh, differences um, on the re-record is I know places. Yep. Yep. And we run. Yeah, yep. yeah, 100%. The, the, way she, the way she sings that part, my brain's like, Ooh. oh man, I know, I know that really got you. So yeah, I mean, and it is funny too, because it's like, obviously as she re-records, like obviously this one doesn't sound as different as, you know, Speak Now did or whatever, because she was yeah, so much was younger old. then, right? And yeah, her voice definitely evolved so much in the 1989 era too, but still there are definitely so many little things that you can catch. I think it's just fun to like catch them all. Yeah, I think her, she started her vocal training sometime either after Speak Now or after Red or was going through it during Red when she went through a pretty intensive vocal training. So, yeah, yeah. yeah like all of the, It's like, that's what I'm saying. When people, when Reputation comes out, people are like, these don't sound very different. I'm like, that was 2018. Right, right. Long ago. Yeah. So, so. Um, I also, I just want to say justice for Jack Antonoff. I think he's her best collaborator and people need to, besides him and Aaron Dessner, which mm -hmm. is why Folklore and Evermore are uh, king. But like, I just been seeing hate on my timeline and I don't like it. People really? Are just, yeah, they're like, they're like pictures of Jack. They're like, this man better not touch reputation and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what is your problem? yeah he's like they started collaborating starting 1989 and all of those albums are fire yeah and what? also he was on the original reputation i feel like people forget that like getaway car is her and jacks yeah yeah so, huh. that's why everybody was, making the, everybody was making the joke that when she did that sweeter than fiction post with all those jack things they were like mother is basically telling y'all to shut the fuck up <laughs> seriously seriously <laughs> that's crazy i haven't seen that much um but i honestly haven't like been diving into like that many posts outside of what I've seen about people being mad that they we, sound like Arizona. That's what I would say. We live in uh, <clears throat> we live in two different Swifty 
internet world. So yes. And you, two different TikTok algorithms for sure. Well, it's not even that you are in Swifty TikTok. I am on Swifty Twitter. Twitter. Yeah. So different. Yeah. For sure. Because all the Twitter are the people who've been there forever. Right. Yep. And yep. They're, some of them are pretty insane. But yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, you do what yeah. you do in the fandom. Fire. I've been listening to it. Justine's friend got her the vinyl for Chris, her for her birthday. So we got the vinyl showed up already. So we've been playing the vinyl. Amazing. Love that. I I still have my goal. Like I said, as I bought all those in LA and my goal is to own all of Taylor's versions on vinyl. Yes. That's I want to own everything that she owns on vinyl. Yeah. Uh, But uh, since she has this one, I'll probably wait a while because I don't want to pay for it right now. And we've got it in our place. So yes, exactly. And speaking of over the weekend, how was your weekend? It was good. Halloween things. Um, dressed up a couple times. You looked so good. Loved the fits. Thanks. They were all old costumes I recycled, but that's hey, our, honestly, know. no one notices that stuff unless it's like your close friends, obviously, like someone like me, but no one notices ever. Yeah. Well, and I was just like, I went to New Orleans last year. And so everybody that I hang out with here, especially since I'm in the comedy scene now, and that's who I was going to be around, like none of them even one knew me then. Right. I was not even in Austin. So yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I went, yeah, just, um, my show last weekend on Thursday got canceled because of the weather and then Mock it was supposed to be outside. And then I did a show Friday night. That was really good. And then just went out to some bars with one of my um, comedian girlfriends um, pretty late. My show wasn't over till like 11. So we went out um, mm-hmm. later on in the night just for a little while. And then on Saturday, um, went out with a couple friends to um, a Halloween party that was at one of the comedy clubs. And then we kind of like just bounced around that street. Um, I was supposed to have a show that night at 11. Also, actually, it was supposed, oh, to, really? it was supposed to be like a Halloween show. So I was fine to be dressed up and I was going to have to like go back and forth, but it got canceled. Um, oh, dang. They just didn't sell enough tickets, um, which I honestly was kind of glad. I kind of saw that coming. Um, yeah. It's Halloween Saturday night, which is why the other club wasn't doing shows. They were doing parties because it was like, gotcha. but um, yeah, I was just like, I didn't want to have to like, just go back and forth with like Uber prices and all that stuff or deal with parking on Halloween weekend and shit. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot. <laughs> I was pretty relieved. I just stayed out. But then I, um, I started a new um, bartending job on Sunday. So serving, serving slash bartending or whatever. Um, I'm mostly serving right now. It's just weird to say serving because like it's not food. So I'm still like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. It's like ordering. It's like taking drink orders and running drinks. But right. Anyways, it's like serving, but at a bar. Um, Serving at a bar. Yeah. At a pool hall. So yeah, I started that on Sunday Um, and yeah, just been chilling. Watched all three Halloween towns Sunday night. Oh, oh my gosh. I'm jealous. I actually have not watched Halloween Town this year, which is insane. I did watch Hocus Pocus though. So. Yeah, we watched Hocus Pocus one night last week and then we watched Halloween Town Sunday night. And then I just decided to dissociate and watch Halloween Town one, two, and three all in a row. What's your favorite out of the three? Um, I mean, well, like the original obviously is the classic, but I think my like, favorite one is the second one. So I, is that's Halloween Town High? No. The second one, I thought the second one was Halloween Town High. The second one is just Halloween Town 2, Return to Halloween Town. And then the third one's Halloween Town High, and there's a fourth one that's Halloween Town. Isn't it like university or something? Because actually, they actually it might be 
Halloween Town 2 is Halloween Town 2 Calabar's Revenge. Yes. And then Halloween Town 3 is Halloween Town High. And then Halloween Town 4 is Return to Halloween Town. But they changed the characters. They so changed Marnie. Yes. No, I didn't watch it. I refused. Okay. Yeah. No. So, yeah. No. Return to Halloween Town wasn't that good. But the third one, Halloween Town High, is definitely my favorite. But of course, really? you can't go wrong with the originals either. Yeah. I actually only, I realized the third one, like the Halloween Town High, I only have watched that maybe like once or twice, like since it came out, I think. Really? And I like didn't remember a lot of it when I was watching it, but like one and two, I've watched a lot. Cause I think I was like probably a little older when the third one came out, which like I still watch them now every year, but I think it was just like, I wasn't as like, whatever. Yes. That makes sense. I just really like the, um, the plot of the second one. And I think there's just like enough of the advanced where like because what's so funny is watching those is like the like the production and stuff is just so bad and the acting is even hocus pocus like like, terrible acting but it's like (laughs) it's just it's the same way of just like looking at like what like bakes looks like because of like yeah yeah and that's how halloween town i'm like these are all supposed to be the creatures and they're very clearly people just in halloween costumes yeah 100 it's so <laughs> funny to be real and so like even just that position between the first and the second one it's like better and then the yeah. characters they like actually look like the things like yep. so it's like just that helps a little bit too i think but yeah it's how so funny the original because that's like my childhood of course oh my god so like so in-depth in our childhood Justine was saying she was like I feel like everyone was either a I feel like you were a hocus pocus girly or a Halloween town girly and it's like I was both but I am like if I had to think about it I'm like I was a Halloween town girly I was a Halloween town girly I had not watched I never watched hocus pocus the whole way through until like five years ago wow yeah so I was pure Halloween town I was such a Disney channel girl um yeah loved it but I did get to watch Hocus Pocus this past weekend. I went to um, Virginia to visit Alex with some of my best friends. So that was really fun. We did a fall weekend, had a nice dinner on the water. We went to this beautiful winery on Saturday. And then we did some Halloween snacks and a Halloween movie night on Saturday night. So that was really fun. Um, You guys didn't do any like costumes or anything though? No, we didn't dress up. Honestly, it was so funny because we were out on Friday night and we saw so many people dressed up and we were like, oh my God, like we kind of forgot that it was Halloween weekend and I passed. So I'm walking past this, this like outdoor kind of restaurant thingy where there's some seating. And also it was like ungodly hot for October this past weekend. It was 85 degrees. I was like, what is going on here? Wild. And now of course it's back in the forties. Um, so beautiful weather this past week. It was like that here too. Yeah. So crazy. And I walk past and I see red, like this red and gold out of the corner of my eye. And I was like, Kelsey Jersey. And then I like do a double take and I see this girl in like a blonde wig. And like, she looks like Taylor. Like her face looked like Taylor, like black sparkly dress, fringe, all of that kind of stuff. And I had to stop them. And I was like, this is amazing. Like they both looked like them so much. It was amazing. But yeah. I have to show you this girl that I went to college with her and her boyfriend did it also. And there was really cute. Really? Yeah. I I loved seeing all of the costumes. Honestly, here's my thing is in college, I went hard like Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I had an elite costume every single year, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So I did my time. I do not, I cannot find the time and energy in me anymore to dress up as much as I loved doing it. And as much as I love Halloween, I would rather just like chill in my pajamas and watch some Halloween movies like I cannot dress up anymore you still (laughs) dressed up last year didn't you weren't you Lizzie McGuire was that the year before no the year before I was like Y2K Barbie yeah (laughs) yes and that was for like my sister's like Halloween event but outside of that man 
I think the year before that I did dress up, but I did something like really simple. I wore like a, like a gray bodysuit and like put koala ears on. Like I didn't do anything crazy. But... It's like in my blood, like my mom still throws a huge Halloween party every year and her and all of her friends dress up and she goes like yeah. all face paints. Like her and her husband's anniversary is Halloween. They had a masquerade Halloween wedding. Like it's like- my... That's so cool. Yeah. Halloween was like passed down to me to yeah. like not go out of. <laughs> yeah. No. And I, I love that. And that's the thing. It's like, I have so many incredible memories of like past Halloweens, obviously, and like trick or treating, everything like that. Like Halloween was like my favorite growing up. And honestly, I feel like if I had more places to go, like if I had like a party or doing something like that, yeah. I would totally dress up. But I just, I haven't really had like that many things to go to that are Halloween themed, you know? Yeah, so. I get that. Yeah. Well, you guys, that's our little recap for this week. And next we- <laughs> next. Next topic, next up. So I was actually having a conversation with one of my clients earlier this week and it kind of triggered a a thought process in me just about how easy it is for clients to get in their own way and for us to get in our own way whenever it comes to looking at data and looking at fluctuations in this health and fitness journey. And so that's what we wanted to talk with y'all about today because My client came to me, you know, yesterday kind of freaking out about the scale being up after her weekends. And I think one of the biggest issues and reasons why people tend to give up, honestly, again, like most of the conversations and topics that we talk about, this really goes for anything in your life is whenever you are getting so caught up in the really high highs and the really low lows, and you aren't able to stay neutral throughout those times, that is when it can be really, really difficult to kind of push forward and make your way through whatever it is you're working toward. Because whenever you are getting And here's the thing is like, it's not us telling you not to get excited about these things, but whenever you are getting so excited about a new scale low and you're allowing that to dictate how you feel, your mood, how you're talking to yourself, all of that kind of stuff, that is very likely then going to determine how you're going to feel whenever you hit a scale high. Whenever you see that scale fluctuate, you're going to start speaking negatively to yourself. You're going to feel really down about yourself. And that's kind of what, you know, this client was dealing with. Again, she is somebody who is able to be neutral and logical through these things, but she had a little slip up moment and she was like, you know, I I definitely overindulged this weekend. I definitely did not mean to kind of like eat as much as I wanted. I had a lot more candy, sweets, all of that kind of stuff than I wanted. And the scale is definitely reflecting that today. And so... I think it's just really important to remember that through all of this, whenever we have these fluctuations in data or trends or whatever it may be, we have to stay neutral and logical through them. And this is something that is going to make you so successful throughout your health and fitness journey. Because if you do not know how to have that neutrality throughout, it's going to be really difficult for you to, again, stay level-headed and push through things when maybe they're not going the way that you want them to, or maybe things trend in a different way than you expected them to. So, you know, the conversation that I had with this client was, okay, Let's look at the facts because this client is currently in a cutting phase, a fat loss phase. And last week we had made a caloric adjustment and her scale was 
completely trending down day by day during the week. From Monday to Thursday, she was hitting new lows. And then over the weekend, Friday and Saturday, whenever she kind of had those extra calories, some extra sweets and snacks that she didn't really plan on having, we saw that scale spike. So what are the facts here? Okay, we know that when the plan is being followed consistently, and whenever we are really on top of our shit in terms of our goals, we know that we're hitting new lows. We know that we are progressing forward. But whenever we saw that, you know, we had an influx of extra calories, we overindulged a little bit, we saw that scale fluctuate up. So we know exactly why it happens. And we also know exactly what we need to do to continue making progress again. And that is the beauty of one, having a neutral relationship with the scale, but also having a neutral relationship with like all of the data that you're tracking in this journey. This doesn't just go for the scale, but it also goes for like changes in digestion, train changes in stress levels, so like changes in, in just like symptoms that are popping up here and there that people tend to freak out about. And I'm sure Kylie, like you've had this happen in clients before too, where it's like, it seems like one little thing pops up and they're like, oh my gosh, what could this be due to? Or, or why is this happening? And they're constantly questioning everything. Yeah, for sure. It's like, see that, um, especially like you mentioned after weekends or, you know, people have like some kind of event or something like that, which we've talked a lot about on here with like traveling or, you know, if you have social stuff going on, but that's partially why we ask people not to focus so much on only that indicator, right? Because it's not always accounting for the other factors that are playing into that number. It's not, you know, your average of things that is way better to take account of, you know, like you said, have you been trending down and then there's just a spike here. And like that, if you can't detach and be able to like, look at the data uh, as far as like over time, or like you said, have kind of that more neutral mindset, it's really easy to just like put yourself into this spiral of like, oh, this isn't working or I did something wrong. Or every time that I have a free meal, this is bad for me. Like rather than just being able to see like, okay, we're probably just holding on to a little bit of water weight here, or maybe we did put on like a tiny bit of fat, but we also know why that happened. And then we're going to be able to get right back on track, like those things and having that neutral mindset, I think is important. And I think it's something that um, you mentioned at the beginning that I think can get confusing um, for clients when it comes to like having that excitement about yes. loss too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that you explained that well. Um, it's something I just talked to a client I still have about like last week um, because, you know, it's, 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 it gets confusing because I think that almost to the sense that we talk to people about like not stressing the scale that then they like feel guilty if they want to be excited about their weight yes. loss sometimes. And I've had to like explain that it's like, it's, that's still okay to be like celebrating those wins. Like, you know, if you've lost like 20, 30 pounds, that's still, that's incredible. You should be excited about it. But it's like you said, it's like being able to make sure that that's not the only thing that you're celebrating or the only thing that you're noticing or that you're miserable until you get to that point. Because honestly, realistically, most of my clients who made it to where they have big, pound losses like that they only made it there by not focusing on it because usually people who are who are only fixating on wanting to lose 20 or 30 pounds are the people who almost never get there because that's they're focusing on all the wrong things and they give up too soon Mm -hmm. and 
So I just had a client this last week that she was just really happy. She's, she's had a great mindset. This is like, uh, we worked together in the past and then she had a baby and she's come back and, you know, she had, you know, enough time with me before to where she just like understood how this works and blah, blah, blah. And she was, she's been doing great and her body's been responding crazily. Like we haven't really changed much. Um, her like new job increased her movement a lot. So like that we, I didn't really need to change any food because now we had like thousands of extra steps yeah things like that and so she's just seen like major body recomp changes but her weight's not moved a ton like it's been changing um but very slowly and then you know this last week she was like um I know I'm not supposed to get excited about the scale but like I was really happy to see it like dip down below 200 like that just makes me feel good like mentally to be under that mark like Mm -hmm. and you know she kind of had this preface of like but I know it's not like the the be all end all and blah blah blah. and I was like hey you're my like there's not been a single week in the last like several months where she's been like expressed worry about the scale like talked about it like doubted it and I was like you're still allowed to like be excited about that thing like if that's your thing like sure does it really matter if she looks great and she's 205 versus 195 does that really matter no but like if that's something that just like makes you feel good to be like underneath that mark that's like a, a fucking you know, very human experience and that's totally fine right it's, yeah it's fine though because she hasn't been fixated on that as her only goal the whole time it's been every week like how my clothes are fitting noticing this stuff in my pictures noticing my energy levels and that's like where we're kind of talking about that neutrality like you're not you're not able to not celebrate scale wins, but we can't put all our only celebration on scale wins because then, like you said, we're going to have that same flip reaction when we have a spike. I, yeah, I think that that's a great kind of example of that. And just recognizing that you are allowed to have this excitement and it's okay to have those weight loss goals. Again, I think that we also now live in a world where at times people are shamed for having physique goals or shamed Mm -hmm. for, you know, celebrating a lower number on the scale or whatever it may be. But like Kylie said, that can't be your only measure of progress. And honestly, I think back to whenever I was first starting my business and I worked with my very first business coach, I think about this in terms of business as well. Um, And this Mm -hmm. is something that literally stuck with me forever. I will never forget, we were at um, our retreat in Costa Mesa and he had this big whiteboard and he was kind of explaining to us, you know, the detriment of getting too high and getting too low. And it's like, he kind of created these like huge waves and dips of like super high highs, super, you know, low lows. And he created this gray area in the middle and he was like, you want to operate in this gray area. And it has the same thing to do with like, you know, anything in life and like relationships, money, whatever it may be. In this case, he was talking about like money, business income, everything like that. Because whenever you are getting so, so, so excited about like this new client or this new, you know, this really big month or whatever it may be, again, you should be able to celebrate those things. But then a lot of times you're so attached and fixated on that, that you are forgetting about okay, then what do I need to do to keep this going, right? Like you kind of cling onto that and you're like, ah, this is amazing. Like this is exactly where I want to be. And then it's like, God forbid you hit a low month or, you know, you hit a low in your relationship or whatever it may be in your health and fitness journey. Again, you are going to feel that same level on the opposite end rather than being so Mm -hmm. happy and so excited. You're going to be, so ashamed or depressed or feeling really down about things. Right. And so 
that is why it's so important to stay in that neutrality, especially in the sense of your health and fitness journey, because a lot of times we know that so so many of our like internal health and hormonal health issues come from the mental stress that we place on ourselves and come from the stress that we place on getting exactly to where we want to be and the fluctuations that we see. And you know, we we had a really in-depth conversation about this with my coach, Austin Stout, on his episode that he was on back in like September of 2022, talking about staying out of your own way. And mm-hmm. this really parallels that in the sense that you, like one of the biggest reasons why people will never reach their goals is because they are just constantly questioning things. They are constantly stressing out about the smallest of fluctuations. And we have to also remember, I think that we have began, like we have started to live in a world that is so data driven. We are constantly tracking our heart rate, our blood sugar, our sleep score, um, you know, our weight, whatever it may be that God forbid something is like off that we're freaking out about it, right? And we live in a world where now, again, like functional health is becoming so huge, holistic health, whatever it may be, and quote unquote, optimizing things is so big that now everyone thinks that everything should be optimal all the time. And that is not necessarily the case, right? Like, we are going to have fluctuations in blood sugar, in how many hours we sleep, in our scale weights, in our heart rate. Like we are human, we're not robots. And it's really important to be able to look at these trends over the longer period of time rather than freaking out every single time the scale jumps up a pound or our heart rate is a little bit higher than it normally is or our blood sugar is you know a little bit higher or lower than its average right it's so easy for us to get caught up in these numbers now and just kind of like grasp onto that one quick fluctuation and kind of generalize it to our entire being and have an all or nothing mindset around it rather than looking at the trend of things and Mm -hmm. the longer term fluctuations. And that is something that I am always trying to teach my clients. And I know for you, Kylie, like same thing. That's something that we're always preaching is we have to look at the bigger trend. And I use myself as an example here. So I am somebody who tends to have a lot more stress at the beginning of my week. And it's so funny because Every single week on Monday, so I check in with Austin every single Monday, my weight is notoriously up every single Monday, no matter what kind of weekend I have. I could have had the most on-point weekend. I Maybe I didn't have a free meal. I was super spot on with steps, macros, nutrition, water, whatever it may be, and my weight will still be up. Guess what? Because again... I might've not gotten the best sleep on Sunday. I'm a little bit more anxious in the morning. Mm -hmm. And as the week goes on, I continue to see my weight drop. Again, those are acute, like acute patterns during my week, but that we can look at over the longer term and say, hey, why is this happening? Well, I know exactly why this is happening because my stress is so much lower come like Friday, Saturday, Sunday than it is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you know? Yeah. So I think it's just funny to like be able to see those. And again, most people aren't, um, most people aren't trained to look at those things, right? Like most people aren't trained to see those things for what they are and look at the bigger picture. They're only looking at the smaller fluctuations. I also talk about this in terms of like, 
you know, giving an example like digestion issues. Like, again, I think that we talk about these things so much that people think that one day of constipation or loose stools or bloating or whatever it may be, they're like, oh my God, what's going on? Do I have SIBO? Do I have something going on underlying? And again, they're freaking out. And it's like, we don't have to freak out about this. Right. Like, it's just, it's just, I think it's something that so many people have to kind of reel in and be able to, again, look at the bigger picture, but it's hard for people to do without an unbiased eye there watching, watching what's going on and looking at the trends over a period of time. And again, most people aren't unbiased toward themselves. Like they're going to be very subjective. They're going to be very tied up in those data fluctuations, especially in a world where we are so data driven anymore. Like sometimes we got to step away from the data for a little bit. Sometimes we have to take a break and allow our body to just be because not everything is going to be 100% optimal all the time. And that's okay too. Yeah. My scale has been broken right now and I've just not replaced the batteries. Cause I was just like, I'm not- I love that. I'm not pursuing anything regarding my weight specifically. So I was like, why do I need that? Like, you know, that's not like something that I currently need. And it's not something I have a bad relationship with, but I was just like, what, I don't, why I don't need to be fixated on data, especially when that's not what I'm doing, because then that could take me out of like what my actual goal is. Right. And like, we've had clients where if it is, for example, on a bad mindset, I've had clients where even while they're working with me, we remove the scales at times if they can't you know, especially clients who are reversing and stuff, they can't get themselves out of that mindset. Um, so, you know, that's something that is useful. Um, I actually had a client before that I did have, um, take her batteries out of hers and throw them away because it was really, yeah, Yeah. because she kept, um, we were not supposed to use it. And she like admitted to me that she was, um, like getting on it anyways. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I need you to send me a video of you throwing these batteries out because we all know when you need a battery for something, you don't want to go get it. No. Like that's the whole thing. Like that's like the worst thing. Like I'm that person that that takes the batteries out of everything else to go put in. (laughs) Yeah, I'm the exact same way. Oh my god, buying batteries is literally the bane of my existence. Not to mention how expensive they are. Yeah. So I was like, if you don't have any more air house, I know you're not going to go make a whole trip to just go get these batteries. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. That's she was like, honestly, this is what worked. And then once we finally could bring it back in, she went got batteries. (laughs) Yeah. And even just you saying that, it's like. It's not necessarily that you have a bad relationship with it, but yeah. like we don't need to be tracking these things all the time. Like there's now a trend of people wearing CGMs, like continuous glucose monitors for what, for what? Like <laughs> that's psycho. That is yeah. psycho. I'm like, unless you are a diabetic who- Yeah, needs- you have like a serious condition that you need that monitoring that makes no sense to me. No, and again, it's all in the sake of- quote unquote health, quote unquote, optimizing things. And I think that again, you know, I know we've had this conversation on here before, but it's like, you can get so far into one side or the other. We had this conversation on here with your roommate, Justine, Mm -hmm. about just kind of being so deep into the functional and holistic health space where it's like, now you are creating issues for yourself. And I think that, you know, that is where I see so many people fail. And I will tell you that the clients who are constantly creating like bottlenecks and issues for themselves or looking for other issues are the clients who will never find that quote unquote healing. They will never be able to, you know, improve their internal health or their relationship with themselves, food, physique, whatever it may be. Because again, they're constantly looking for that next thing to kind of like grasp onto and just kind of like figure out or figure out what is wrong. 
And so it's like, if you're constantly questioning, if you're constantly asking yourself and freaking out about all of these little fluctuations, again, it's going to make it really, really hard for you to move through your week. And I, I do think that it does take, it does definitely take a lot of practice to be neutral about these things. And it's funny because you would think that, you know, as somebody who is obviously like a health and fitness coach and like very focused in on functional health, like you would think that obviously I'm very on top of quote unquote, trying to optimize things and trying to be at my best health with things. But at the same time, I'm not going to let one night of sleep off sleep freak me out, right? Like, okay, maybe I got six hours of sleep instead of my normal eight. That's totally okay, right? I'm not going to let one day of, oh, my blood sugar is at, you know, 100 instead of 90 right now. Okay. Again, does this happen often? No. So again, it's just important to look at these small fluctuations and know that they can't define you. And we have to be able to look at the bigger picture or else it's going to be really, really hard for you to make progress. And it's going to be almost debilitating to you because you're going to be constantly almost like a hypochondriac. Yeah. You know, like period, period, (laughs) point blank, truly. And I'm curious too, Kylie, with you, like pulling out the scale and everything. I do think that it's just so interesting because it's like, obviously I've been with you through literally the entire evolution of your health and fitness journey from when I knew you in 2018 to now. And do you find yourself, obviously you got to a place where you did have a much more healthy relationship with the scale, but do you even find yourself having less anxiety around it overall, knowing that you don't have to like wake up in the morning and weigh yourself? Is there any kind of like new thought patterns around that? Um, a little, but I wouldn't say a crazy amount just because at the time that I kind of had backed away from like doing much of it anyways. Yeah. Um, and over the, like up until probably like earlier this year, like early spring, um, we, when I would still check in over the year that either while I was with the coach or not, like just check in on my weight. I mean, not like check in with the coach. Yeah. Um, I had found that even with my body fluctuating and I remember us talking about this probably on here too. My weight wasn't really changing much outside of like a five pound range. I'd really found like that set point, I think. Right. Um, and I think for me though, I know over the last six ish months or six and I guess nine months now, um, that I've been doing comedy, like kind of the things you were just speaking about. Like, I know now how my sleep is. It's not great. I know that, you know, my, I'm under eating a lot of days and like things like that. And I'm like working on trying to fix those things or get more protein. But like, I just know these different factors that are affecting where I'm probably at. And I can already feel that and like how I'm feeling or my body comp. And so I have more so the wherewithal to just be like, I have the mental piece of being able to be like, I don't need to add that onto these other stressors. Right. Like, yeah. Because I'm already aware of it. Like, I already know that like, most likely my, my weight is probably up from where it was the last time my scale worked. Like, mm-hmm. and that's more so, I would say I have more of a peace of mind of just knowing that I can like mentally know that I don't have to see it. And that that doesn't like cripple me because I have exactly where this podcast started, all that data that I can look at and be like, well, it's not because I've like, you know, gained crazy amounts of fat or that I'm doing all these things or that I'm like way off the rails or whatever else, but I have like very specific things that I know are factoring into like what's going on right now. And also 
I know then very specifically like little things I can do if I want that to improve. Right. So I think that it wouldn't necessarily be just like having it removed now, but more so just that peace of mind of me being able to be like, it's not a temptation, I guess, for me to like, look at that and be harder on myself when I already have other stressors. Right. And I think right. That's like a big thing too, is like for, like I said, we talk about a lot of our clients that have tended to be more scale focused or mm-hmm. stress about that tend to be generally high stress people anyways. Right. And so right. they're the people that are looking at it the most and freaking out about their weight the most. And they're also the ones who already live a pretty high stress lifestyle, which is all likely causing scale fluctuations. And then also it's like, we talk about that toxic cycle, right? The more you stress the scale, we are putting more stress on your body and against your journey. So right. I think it was just being able to be like, okay, I've got a lot of other external stressors going on in my life right now, both in terms of just like things that are, you know, like sleep related or whatever. And then also just like actual mental stress that I have Mm -hmm. from things going on in my life, you know? And I'm like, I just don't need that extra thing to stress about whenever I already know what I need to do to take care of my body without that having to tell me. Yeah. I love that. And I think that there's also a lot of guilt too, from some people who feel like, maybe I should step away from the scale or maybe I should step away from tracking this or that or whatever it may be. And it is okay to take a break from those things. It is okay to need a break. Like protocol burnout, data burnout, we've talked about that. It's a real thing on here. Yeah. And I also I also just want to point out something else that you said because you said, you know, you know that these things are the way that they are right now because of your lifestyle. And you mm-hmm. also know little things that you can do and what you would need to do if you want to flip these things around. And I think that that's the other point of important point of this conversation is knowing what you can do to improve these things. And what are you willing to also do if you are somebody who is kind of like upset about where you're currently at or like freaking out about like the way that things are going or even like the pattern of things and like what you have been seeing, you have to take a step back and also look at your habits look at your lifestyle, diet, sleep, all of that kind of stuff. And what are you willing to change and improve to move you forward again? I I was just literally just having a conversation with a client about this yesterday because she is somebody who, you know, came to me with um, pretty like significant like GI issues, skin issues, different things like that. We went through an entire GI protocol. It was a very strict couple of months for her going through that protocol and she crushed it and things improved tremendously for her. But after that protocol, a lot of things like she kind of let go of the reins of things a little bit. And I think that again, now this is something that we're working through is there was a bit of that all or nothing mindset there where she felt like, well, because I was so, so strict with this now, now I can kind of just like go and do whatever Mm -hmm. the opposite. And I think that's, that's, (laughs) yeah, for sure. And I think that's, what's also difficult because again, At times, it definitely is whenever you do have underlying hormonal health or GI health issues, it is difficult to quote unquote, like function optimally, if we are just saying kind of screw it and doing whatever we want. But it's also important to note, like, okay, we can take some of those habits from that, you know, more strict phase and integrate that into balance. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. It doesn't have to be, you know, hey, like, because I did this really strict thing, now I'm not going to do any of it afterward. And we were kind of having this conversation now because she was like, I I would really like to get back to a place of, you know, more consistency and like feeling better overall. Like she was having a a few flares in terms of like GI skin, whatever it may be. And I had to have the conversation with her of, okay, 
So what are we willing to do then? And like, what are the things that we know that we can do to improve these things moving forward? And how can we get consistent with them again? Right. Because like this, this goes in the other direction of like, if you're freaking out due to like negative fluctuations that you actually know that you have control over, then you have to take a step back, look in the mirror and ask yourself, what am I willing to do to change this now? What sacrifices am I willing to make? And it is okay if you're not willing to make like huge sacrifices. Like I told her, I was like, listen, I do not think that we should be getting more testing and going back into a strict GI protocol right now. That is not the place that we need to start, right? We need to start with the little habits and building those up again to make sure that you feel good about that and that that feels doable for you. Because realistically, like going from one strict protocol to the next, to the next, to the next, that's just going to give you burnout. And that's going to make you feel like, fuck this. I do not want to do this anymore. You know? So I think just like you said, it's like being aware of these fluctuations, being aware of are these acute or are these chronic? And if they are acute, what could happen? Like what could be happening that's causing this, right? And like, is this something normal? You know, like if you are somebody who is like, you know, a night shift nurse and you are feeling so much more exhausted after, you know, four nights in a row well, I wonder why that could be. You know what I mean? Like freaking out about why you're super tired after that. You got to be logical about it. We got to ask ourselves, okay, what could be causing this, right? But if it's something that's, you know, very chronic and consistently happening and it's like, okay, I know that there are little things that I can actually fix and improve to make this better, then what can we do to fix that, right? And just being honest with ourselves about that. And of course, there might be chronic things where, we're doing all of the things and we're still having these issues and symptoms and we do need to dive deeper into it. Maybe we yeah. do need to go into a more strict protocol, whatever it may be, and get more answers. But again, that may not always be the case. Like one fluctuation doesn't always mean, oh my gosh, we have to go through this crazy protocol and get more testing and add in all these supplements, you know, like that's just not how this works. Right. So yeah, I think that I think that that's just really important to to keep in mind and note whenever you are going through this health and fitness journey. And I mean, it's obviously something that Kylie and I have both been through and now we're kind of like on the other side of it, but it's hard to do whenever you're in, when, whenever you're like deep in this journey and you're just wanting so badly to get to where you want to be. So. Sure. And I think it's always important to bring up too, like even when we talk about like where, you know, we've talked about this before, but just as a reminder, you know, if people ever listen one off or whatever that, you know, if you're looking at, you know, for example, what I'm doing now, it's like, remember when you talked about like taking breaks or things like that, it's understanding that like, this is coming from a place where like, we did years of this before. So we know the knowledge, we do know, like how to return to it. We know how to be in tune with our body to know, like, I know when my body is getting to a point where it's like, okay, I really need to get back into X, Y, or Z. Like I can, I can feel those things. And that's something that you're just not going to develop without having done quote unquote the time. Yeah. Yeah. Done (laughs) the work. Yeah. Having been in some sort of protocol or working with a coach or things like that. So, um, if you're feeling a burnout and stuff, it could be because maybe you've been doing like, you know, the wrong things like fad diets or over restricting yourself and things like that. And that's a different type of burnout. That's still very real, but that may be finding a method like, you know, 
what Carrie uses with her clients or what I used to do with my clients and things like that would alleviate some of that and still move your progress forward. Um, you know, we're talking a lot of protocol burnout, like most of our clients in my experience, and I think yours don't experience a lot of extreme protocol burnout from just like just our basic macro clients. And no. stuff. You know, like, of course, sometimes that's obviously I want to have the disclaimer, you know, if you have, you know, past like issues with like ED and things like that, that's totally different. But like the generalized client, but like, you know, you work with so many clients on these extreme, just like the example you just gave, like gut protocols and hormone protocols and things like that. Or like for me, you know, with like bodybuilding and things like that, like those kind of things that let that like lead to that burnout. But again, you can then step away knowing when you truly need that break and when you're kind of sure. just like in a place where you maybe just don't want to do it, if that makes sense. Like, right. and that's kind of the thing too, with me now is like understanding that, like when I talk about removing the scale or like that, I'm not focused on that. It's never because I'm not still concerned about my focus or my health. Like, you know, it's just like a different sector of things. Like there are things that I know are still important. And like my goal right now is not to lose weight or to look better. Like, of course we're human. I would always love for my body composition to be improving, but yeah. like, you know, like I'm not, I'm in a place where like, my goal is to be funny. Like, it's yeah. like that, that's my goal. Honestly. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's like what my career objective is. Like, yeah, sure. I've expressed on here, you know, there's like things about that, about being like, Oh, I'm on stage feeling like I look a certain way around cameras, but even that's like kind of started to go away because I've just realized like, that's not the main objective. Like, no. And so that's, you know, that's my goal, but that doesn't mean that I don't still want to be healthy. Absolutely. But it's like, but I don't need the scale to tell me if I'm being healthy or not for where yeah. I'm at. So, you know, it's kind of always having to, like you said, just that reminder to check in on like, what is your goal? What phase of life are you in right now? And mm -hmm. what tools do you need to be able to make those things work together? And yeah. you're not sure really how to navigate your, that yourself. That's where like having a coach can really help, obviously. 100%. I totally agree with that. And I think just remembering that there's, there's multiple ways of going about things. And I think that that is the importance of, you know, working with someone who is not just a quote unquote protocol coach, somebody who is actually looking at you as a person yeah. and understanding that like, you might not need another quote unquote protocol. Like just because we have the, the perfect GI or hormonal or health, whatever it may be protocol on paper doesn't mean that it's going to work for you. We are working with real people. You are a person with thoughts, feelings, fluctuations in your life. And that is so important to take into consideration, mm -hmm. you know? So yeah, I think that, I think that, you know, we made a lot of great points here today. So you guys, you know, if you're somebody who struggles with these types of things, you know, our doors are obviously always open. We've obviously been through a lot of these things ourselves. So never hesitate to reach out. And of course, you know, I am always, always here to help. If you're somebody who feels like you are struggling with these items or struggling to be neutral, whatever it may be, you're in that all or nothing mindset, you know, that is definitely something that I heavily, heavily work on with my clients as well. Um, so never hesitate to reach out and just, you know, ask for help because you are better off for it for sure. So mm -hmm. amen sisters. Well, you guys, we will be back next week with another episode for y'all, but in the meantime, please go ahead and leave us a five-star rating and review. We appreciate it so, so much. Share this on your socials, tag myself, Kylie, and the Not Your Quick Fix podcast. And we hope that you guys have a great rest of your week and we'll chat with y'all next time. Bye. Stream 1989 Taylor's version. Stream 1989 Taylor's version. <laughs> Woo!